So I remember this one time, my sister and I, it was night time, we were about to sleep, and then she starts crying. I was just perpetually confused. I used to feel very left out. Nobody realized that I was a child too. I used to always resent the idea of going back home every day. The onus is on the parents. They should be the ones getting the advice and working on it. I don't think they're completely healed individuals. This is the first time that I'm telling this story. Hello there and welcome to Whips and Chains. An individual can be sold innumerable times. What are the whips that we flog ourselves with often? I discovered cancer, I had breast cancer. And what are the chains that bind us down? Then I saw on YouTube how to do female feticide. It's something I want to explore in my show. They're orphans. It's okay, it's okay. गर्दन निकलती है बाकी हिस्सा ऐसे ऐसे करके निकलता है यार इतना बड़ा पाप होता अपने गांव में इट्स हॉरिफिक समबडी पास्ट मी बाय एंड हिट माय बम ही डिड हैव अ पर्सनालिटी डिसऑर्डर कई बार मैं सो ही नहीं सका ऑल द ट्रैफिकर्स दैट आई हैव सीन दे आर कॉमन पीपल लाइक यू एंड मी शी सेड कंदा तू दे बटा पुत्र तू इफ यू टॉक अबाउट ह्यूमन ट्रैफिकिंग इट्स अ बिलियन डॉलर बिजनेस देयर वाज अ लॉट ऑफ वायलेंस अ लॉट ऑफ एग्रेशन बड़े-बड़े पुल बना दोगे उनसे ह्यूमैनिटी तो नहीं बनने वाली and welcome to whips and chains hello there and welcome to whips and chains the safe space where we can use our unfiltered voices and our unmasked faces to talk about everything that society asks us to shush what are the whips that we flog ourselves with often and what are the chains that bind us down is something i want to explore in my show for today's show i have with me someone very special who i have known all her life right from before she was born and we have had several intimate conversations together today's topic is something very close to my heart because like her I'm also a child of divorce and my evolution has been largely impacted by how I dealt with my parents' divorce. So, welcome Shreya. Hi. It's really nice to have you today and um I couldn't think of anyone better to start this because it goes right back to you know where I started from. And yeah. in fact, um i was just thinking that i was also in your space when i was 16 i appeared in a doordarshan documentary on this um this topic so um it's really nice to be able to share with you something that goes right back so many years um so getting to uh, the topic divorce is not something easy on anybody in the family and um, but we always talk about it in the context of how it affects the wife and how it affects the husband but uh, often we ignore how it really impacts the children because they are the real main sufferers right um So tell me in your case as the elder child you were the elder of two sisters uh when was your first impression of all is not well how old were you how did you think and feel and realize um tell me that I think uh, the earliest memory I have is probably when I was about 6 years old five or six years old and i used to stay with my mom at that time and around that time she shifted us to my dad's so i remember a lot of conflict around that time i also remember going to my friends homes and seeing everything very normal so to say and meeting my cousins and seeing how their parents behave with each other and how they are treated and how they're cared for and looked after and the lack of 
that in my household. So I think that would be my earliest memory. And then um, you had to uh, uh, deal with this in the context of your sibling also, because since she was younger to you by two years, so you uh, possibly also felt you had to filter this for her, or did she uh, receive it on her own, or did you first have some conversation around it? What was that like? So um, she has her own experience and everything. It's been quite different from mine. But uh, she's two years younger to me. And even when I was six, and she must be four then, I still had to be that mother figure for her at that age. And having to explain to her where our mother is when she dropped us off, and why isn't she back, or what is exactly happening because we didn't realize what a divorce is we didn't understand what's happening all we knew was that we were being shifted from one home to another and was there any reason given to you that why you were being shifted and why now you were with papa or now you were with mom and there was no reason given to us we didn't talk about it it was just like we were picked up from one place that we called our home, our safe space, and we were put, put into, into another. And you did not find that home as safe as the original home? Is that it? Was that alien in any it way? It was alien because as kids, um, you have a safe space. Like wherever you grow up, that's your safe space. And if suddenly you're sort of uprooted... Yeah. And you're taken someplace else without any explanation, without any uh, sort of promises of when we'll be back. It does feel very scary. Uh, I remember crying every day, wanting to go back. I love and my sister and I were made, made promises to when we were told that our mother would be back to get us, but that would not happen. And yeah, yeah. So that was really tough. Yeah. And so which, which of your parents first spoke to you about um, the divorce or the separation or the idea that, you know, your parents will not be together anymore or there is, is a problem? Which of them and when? I don't think we were ever given a talk about this. We sort of just figured it out by ourselves. We just knew that there was something wrong. And I think I realized that this was, a, my, my parents were divorced when in school, one of my friends came up to me and she told me that, uh, her, her parents have told her that you cannot be friends with somebody whose parents are divorced. So that's the first time I found out that so there's something actually, wrong. Okay. So you actually heard from someone else yes. how her parents received your situation. Yes. And oh, even... That is terrible. Yeah. And even amongst relatives, for example, they would just ask me questions like, oh, where's your mother? Oh, why isn't she back? And they would talk about it and we just... We just sort of yeah. hear from them and we silent spectators. Piece things yeah. together. That's yeah. how we really understood our situation. Yeah, this is actually a deeply um, troublesome area because um, I also felt in my childhood that either people think that the children are really dumb and they are not... Uh, you know, sensitive to everything that, that is being said and all the narratives around uh, the parents. And also the extended family seems to talk about, oh, is it so-and-so's fault or so-and-so's fault? And suddenly you are um, receiving information about something you don't understand being the fault of someone. Because you don't look at it like that, right? You look at it as just your suffering. And now you hear these external narratives about was he to blame or she to blame. I, I, I understand. So um, is, there a, is there a story that you 
built up um, to cope with with this situation in school or with friends or i mean what did you tell new people that you met uh, about your parents or so um for as far as i can remember my parents have been separated i never really had them all together growing up i never really had a full proper family so it was very normal to me and that was my normal yeah and uh, i wouldn't hesitate telling my friends or anybody else who asked me where my mother is or where my father is i would just tell them that my parents are divorced and it didn't feel like a big deal to me but it's when they started reacting in certain ways and started telling me that oh and started pitying me yeah. is when i yeah realized that okay divorce is not something very a very common very yeah, common very or common. not something that people take kindly take kindly yes yeah. so um i remember that uh, when i was a child like you said the experience of watching other parents and other families was was extremely alien i mean i i remember we've never had a family meal together because my parents were always fighting so it was always you know people eating in separate rooms and at separate times and all of that um so i used to find it extremely strange when i would go to my friends houses and everyone was eating together or the father and the mother shared a joke or they did something uh you know nice for each other and and i used to look as if you know these people must be really so crazy because this just doesn't happen um so did you feel uh, a sense of being left out uh, at all when you watched other families bonding i used to feel very left out i used to cry i wouldn't hide my tears i just start crying whenever i felt that way and uh i'd go to my relatives houses i'd go to my friends houses and they'd just be such a loving caring family um and i'd feel like what what went wrong with what, what went wrong with me what what's so different about me why has it why is it happening to me and i couldn't really understand because i used to hear different reasons from everybody about why the divorce happened or why our family is the way it is but so um you never asked your parents about it ever directly or was there a time when you directly asked them that you know tell me about this because i don't understand i think i didn't have to ask my mother about what happened because since i was 6 she had been telling me her side of the story and where she was sort of the victim and everybody was just villainizing her and everybody else was at fault and because i was a kid and as a girl i was attached to my mother the most also i lived with her as a child before she shifted us so i used to i used to blame my father and my grandmother a lot for the divorce and they never really explained to me as to why the divorce happened or who's at fault they didn't think it was important or maybe they thought that i was too young to understand but i was already getting a lot of information from one side so it would have been nicer for them to sort of explain it to me but also whatever i heard from my grandmother which was in abundance was very biased as well so it was like i was hearing two conflicting conflicting, conflicting sides yeah, and that left me confused because i'm a child first of all i don't need to know what is happening because and also whatever you tell me i'm going to take that as the gospel truth, truth. Yeah. so i was just perpetually confused yeah so as as your parents um naturally evolved you know in their independent lives and both of them uh started seeing you know different people and having different romantic partners how was that uh experience for you so i think because i was away from my mother a lot and uh i'd heard a lot of 
stories about her and stuff that just villainized her a lot. I was always really uncomfortable with her being with anybody else or uh, seeing anybody else. And I also had this very, uh, I had this internalized misogyny, even at that age, because I heard from my grandmother a lot of things that, oh, your mother is like this, like that, she does this. And so I always hated the idea of her being with anybody else because I would think that, oh, so she's left me, she's left us, and she's out there just living her life, and yeah. this is not how mothers are supposed to be because I was told that mothers are supposed to be there for you and they're supposed to care for you and love you and not just... Self-sacrificing. They're supposed to be self-sacrificing. So I used to, if I used to watch any movies or TVs where the mother had left the child for whatever reason, I would be like, oh, she's such a terrible woman, she's such a terrible mother, and I just project my stuff, my feelings onto. onto. And I think I did that with my mother for way too long until I realized that this is not the case. Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, the point that you brought up about the internalized misogyny was there with me too, um, because again, I saw my parents with, with different people and um, somehow I think um, we, we do, a, as a society, have a different standard for men and a different standard for women. Because if a man goes out with, with you know, other women, that's okay, because I, I don't know what legitimizes mm -hmm. that. And it is a threat, yes, but it's not as much of a threat. But to see your mother with another man is, is deeply, deeply um, disturbing. And you really have to grow into that space to accept that, yes, she has as much of a right, um, you know, to a personal life as, as the father. So, yeah, I get that. Um, so how did all of this you know, evolution of your parents as independent beings um, and your dealings with, you know, the extended family and um, your friends and all of that impact your relationship with your sister. How did that grow as a result? I think it made us closer. I'll, so I remember this one time, we were very young, and my sister and I, it was nighttime, we were about to sleep, and then she starts crying. So I had to always be the strong one. I had to always be the one, like, the, the sort of mother figure for my sister because I was the eldest, and we were both going through the same thing, but just because I was elder, I had to be there for her, so I had to, suppress my emotions. I couldn't cry because I knew that if I cried, my it sister would worse. cry. And then if she cried, I would, it would just, the entire situation would just go out of hand. And we couldn't really go and went to anybody about uh, however we were feeling. So I remember this one time we were about to sleep and my sister starts missing mom and she's crying and then I randomly made up this lie. I was just like, so there is a camera in our room and mom is seeing us. And if she sees you cry, she's gonna feel sad and she's gonna cry too. Do you want her to feel sad? That's how I consoled her. Like these are the things that I used to do to console my sister. And also the way we were treated was very like different. Uh, she was younger, she was more soft-spoken at home than I was. So she was treated as the, like uh, she was treated differently from me. I was the one who was hearing everybody's uh, stories about what is happening in the family or why the divorce has happened. So I used to speak out a lot. I used to get angry, um, which is why I was, just treated as that rebellious kid who didn't listen to anybody, who shouted or screamed a lot, who, who didn't do things the way they're supposed to be done. But nobody realized that I was a child too, 
and this was just my way of dealing with things and nobody came up to me and asked me how I'm dealing with it. I used to go to a counselor in school to talk to her and that used to be my safe space. Like I used to look forward to going to my school counselor every day. I used to hate going to school as well because if suddenly my friends didn't want anything to do with me and then because of everything that was happening at home, I was very quiet, I was a very shy kid. And when my teachers used to tell that to my grandmother, they, she used to say a lot of things. And uh, she used to, uh, she used to go up to our teachers and say that, oh, you have to take care of them because they're orphans. And which felt really weird to me because both my parents were there. They were just not around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Um, you have had a very, very dominant uh, grandmother, right? So she yeah. has been the very um, dominant presence in your lives and she kind of took hold of your lives um, in your childhood and brought you up while, you know, your mother was living separately and your father was busy with work. And um, usually in, in these um, situations, the children do um, sort of gravitate towards one other person in the family who kind of is their, you know, mainstay. Um, for me, it was my grandmother who I adored, who kept me sane, but who I didn't meet more than one month a year. And in your case, of course, you lived with your grandmother, but you did not end up having a very happy relationship with her. Yeah. Um, so what what was all all that about? What was that like, you know, dealing with a grandmother as a sort of third parent and a routine keeper? Well, uh, first of all, my childhood was already quite different from that of my friends because my parents didn't live together. And then secondly, I was being brought up by my grandmother who's from a different generation. So she has her own way of dealing with uh, things and with children or whatever. Didn't really work for us for obvious reasons. Mm. And I would... I would already feel alienated, but that made me feel more of an outcast. Uh, I was embarrassed to talk about my situation. Uh, nobody could really understand why m my grandmother was there at all my PTMs, for example, or for any school meet or anything like that. She was the one handling it. And she didn't understand a lot of things. For her academics, it was like the main priority. And so because of that, we were just cooped up in the house seven days a week. And that, so the only person I really had by my side was my sister who was going through pretty much the same thing. And, but also because she was younger and she was sort of given the preferential treatment at that time, she couldn't really get everything that I was going through. And because she was a kid, she didn't know how to deal with everything that's going on. She used to, she used to just let it go. Like she wouldn't understand what I'm going through and she would just be okay with receiving that treatment, which is fair enough. I mean, you can't expect a child to understand that. I've just sort of understood because I didn't really have a choice. I was there looking out for my sister, but there was nobody looking out for me. And I didn't have a strong or close relationship with my father, even though I was living with him and my grandmother. I didn't have a very strong bond with him until much later, I think in middle school. Till middle school, it was my grandmother who was the, the primary main person. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, she was also largely influenced by these very uh, superficial ideas of who looks more like someone in her family mm -hmm. and who looks more like, you know, someone from the other family. And that kind of narrative also impacted, um, you know, your 
evolution a lot i think yes and how did how did your parents um deal with this um i mean because as you grew up you were 10 you were 12 um so i'm sure you had these conversations with your parents that you know um this kind of thing is not okay or this is making me unhappy um how did how did that work out for you so i think my sister got most of that because she has got on my mom's side of the family so she's got those features and she had a lot of insecurities because of it growing up because my grandmother always used to point it out and she used to yeah 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 mm. but for and for me on the other hand i was a healthier kid i was a chubbier kid growing yeah. up yeah so i used to get a lot of yeah the the fat shaming <laughs> the fat shaming it was yeah a lot i remember be, i was 8 years old and uh I, it was like just about like we were just about to have dinner and she comes up to me and in front of my cousins and everybody else she's just like oh look at her arm and look at my arm like the difference like and i was eight and because of that hearing that growing up on a daily basis it really messed with me yeah yeah so how has this um um you know this situation uh, impacted your parents individually do you feel that one of them has moved on more than the other how has that kind of worked worked out and why now that you're an adult more importantly how has that worked out and why do you think that is because i know you've studied psychology you you know you're well read you live abroad now so in your adult understanding of um the issue how do you how do you see that uh, playing out on on both of them as individuals i think i'll start with my father because i've lived with him so i've observed him more closely he he has also been through a lot and he also didn't have the best sort of role model when it came like growing up when it came to like like he was not very close to his parents either but he tried his best to give us what he didn't receive like in terms of love and affection after a while when we yeah. got closer and he just had like he just had one vision he just wanted to move ahead with his life he knew that he didn't think that divorce was the end of his life his life and i think when we shifted in with him i think the responsibility also sort of built up and then he knew that he had to really do something about it and then he started putting all of that energy and that effort into creating his business that's where all of his energy went yeah and i think that also sort of helped him mm. get over everything and also he's not the kind of person who would like to discuss a lot about his feelings he's he keeps it all to himself so but he he definitely he's i i'd say that he's the one who's moved on really because he's in a steady relationship he's in a steady relationship now and he's very happy with uh, everything that that he's achieved and with us and everything's great for my mother i i think she's moved on but she still has she still holds on to a lot of anger and resentment she has all of that really built up inside whereas my dad just lets it go he focuses because also he focused a lot on him on his work and everything which was easier for him cuz he had the family support and at the end of the day he's a man so of course things were a little easier for him than for my mother so your mother um 
you think has not been able to focus as much on her work as your dad has is that what you're saying is that contributing in any way to the repository i think of if anger? my mother was stable or in a stable if she was just stable in life right now i think that would have definitely helped her a lot but because things have just been changing constantly for her and there's just a lot of things that she still hasn't moved on from which is why i think she has, yeah. hasn't been able to yeah and unfortunately um i think whether it's in india or abroad i think women invest so much emotionally in yeah. the family ecosystem and all of that that breaking that and moving away um either putting that on the back burner or whatever is a is a huge task for for many people and yeah and i think, I think over the years i really tried to get her to focus on herself and her growth because nothing else mattered and nobody was coming out like just looking out for her she had to be there for herself and but i feel like she also has that sort of internalized guilt and that misogyny somewhere deep inside we her, all do which we all do yes yeah, to different degrees yeah. so because of that i feel like over the years she just she tried getting back into the folds of the family it didn't yes. work out she always had these expectations that some day things would work out but that didn't happen like one person moved on yeah. and she was just left behind yeah yeah what is it that you would like to say to people who are going through divorce or contemplating divorce or who have divorced and have kids whose um, experiences they are not really considering because you know what happens in today's atmosphere i find that parents think okay if child is suffering then the the counselor will take care of it or some therapist will take care of it or maybe a grandparent will take care of it whereas the real wounding for the child is happening because of the parent no counselor or grandparent or anyone else externally can really take away that wound except for the parent themselves right so what is it that you would want parents to know that children are feeling um you know i want parents to know that children they're like sponges you don't realize but every they might not understand everything that's going on or what uh is being talked about but they absorb everything they hear everything and they absorb everything and that sort of also becomes a part of the subconscious i everything that i've heard and seen till date i feel like it's still it's it's a part of my personality now and subconsciously i end up doing certain things that i saw my mom doing or the way she talks or my dad what he used to do and certain things i just feel that you should be more careful around kids uh, be more mindful of what you're saying you need to tell them that it's not their fault first of all whatever's happening around them it's yeah. not their fault and that they'll be protected they'll be loved and they'll be safe no matter what happens whoever they go to whatever happens they will be protected because children they just want they just want to feel safe wherever you keep them yeah. as long as they feel safe it's fine it's all good yeah so and i didn't have that at all i used to i used to just i used to just hope that things will get better one day cuz i didn't know what exactly is happening there was no conversation that took place so i just keep dreaming i'd keep hoping wondering was there was there any incident or any time where you felt that your physical safety was compromised because of this position multiple times i think there've been a couple of times that at home obviously we've been alone 
also the thing about growing up with my grandmother was that she didn't take a lot of things seriously like uh, you should not leave children alone. at home alone with just domestic domestic help or you should not for example there was there was some painting going on at our house and we were just home alone with all of these Men. men in the house and it was very scary i didn't know what is good or what is bad but i do remember feeling that there's something off that there's something going on there's something weird happening and i remember there was a problem there was a problem and uh, thankfully i had this one modified domestic help she was at home and i just ran to her and i just stayed there didn't move away from her like just stayed in her sight so that and that felt safe to me and how old were you i must have been 9 i guess and and your sister was was okay was she spared this or or she always had you she always had me and i remember also uh, my grandmom hiring a lot of male help when we were kids I remember changing one day and uh, she just brought him into the room and I was just confused I was like what are you doing like why and it didn't seem like it was a problem she thought it was completely normal it was completely okay yeah and I used to tell my mother everything but she couldn't do much first of all she wasn't taken very seriously in our house So even if I did go to her she was the only person I could rant to or vent yeah, to yeah. but nobody took her seriously nobody listened to her so it felt like talking to yeah a, a wall a yeah. wall because I think um the main uh, reason would have been the financial aspect right because she wasn't paying for you yeah so therefore she had no locus standi to say anything and that was her vulnerability which is um sadly quite a reality for so many uh, women in this scenario but what is it that uh, you could um, you would say to children for example whose parents are going through divorce and separation and where i think you largely feel the silences um between them you know and you feel the the negativity uh between them so how would you tell the children to receive that or prepare themselves for that honestly i don't think i would want to or i could give any advice to the children who are going through this because the onus is on the parents they should be the ones getting the advice and working on it because it doesn't matter how much or whatever you tell the children that oh it'll all be over one day or it's not about you uh, you're safe this is just how the situations are they'll always feel unsafe or threatened or they'll always be vulnerable and you can't do anything about it i remember getting a lot of advice from my aunts and my uncles about how i should deal with my situation and none of that seemed to work because Th- those were just words to me because at the end of the day i was the one going back home and i had to deal with everything i so none of that helped it just probably made me a better listener that's about it yeah i remember that from my memory of you i remember at one stage i strongly advocated that uh, both of you should be in the hostel yeah um i did that because that is what really saved mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and i remember you were quite i think averse to it and as was your family i don't know why my family said no for it or whatever but uh, the reason i didn't want to go was because of the picture my grandmother had painted, painted. of the boarding school and she used to use it as a punishment that uh, oh if you don't do this i'll send you there this is what happens there they don't let you out they she used to create these very extreme scenarios and i used to get scared because of that and yeah uh also i, I don't think anybody 
around me had ever gone to a boarding school so i didn't even know who to talk to to get the actual picture of it and also i feel like we had been moved around so much and i already at that time had a sense of abandonment i already had those yeah. abandonment issues yeah. it just felt like being thrown away yet again and yeah. Yeah. i didn't want that i was very scared of that and i also remember her telling me that we won't come and get you and that reminded me of the promises that my mother made that okay i'm going to drop you off at your grandmoms and then i'll come back to see you on the weekend and then the weekend would come in and i'd be ready i'd be packed i'd comb my hair braid it just ready for her to come see me and then she'd call me and say that i can't make it and this used to keep happening yeah so i was just too afraid to get out of the house or to do anything yeah so how has this situation uh of divorce and unhappy marriages impacted your ideas about love about relationships um how has that worked well first of all i think uh, everything that i saw growing up and everything that i went through it really impacted my uh, confidence like i had zero confidence and i'm still trying to build up to it because i can't do anything about it now whatever has happened has happened and i'm the only person who can work on it now and i have nobody else to blame and if i want to succeed in life i have to pick up all the pieces and you know yeah get them all together so and also because i was i feel like we were in a way we lived with our dad and our dad never spoke about love or marriage or anything like that and that's also because of his own experiences they want to great so he didn't want to talk about it my grandmother of course never talked yeah. about it and because also at school we were sort of just like the the odd ones out we didn't have the same uh middle school and high school experiences as other kids had and i was also always very shy growing up so when i first got out of school is when and i sort of had a glow up if you can call it that that's and because i had no idea of what is right what is wrong what and how love is supposed to be like i feel like i made a very a lot of Bad dumb <laughs> decisions a lot of bad choices but i think sometimes they were very unsafe choices but i think i just learned from it and i couldn't really go up to anybody and tell them about what i had done or where i was i couldn't really tell anybody anything i couldn't trust anybody so i had to just make my own mistakes learn from them you know and then try not to make the same mistakes again and then teach that to my sisters so that she doesn't do the same things that i did yeah. so i made a lot of bad choices but after a certain point when i realized that this is not the kind of life i want even though i haven't seen a happy family growing up some people might go the other way and they might get self destructive or they might end up getting into the same patterns as their family did for me i went the other direction i didn't want the kind of life that my parents had or that family and i i knew that i had to work on myself i had to do a lot of inner work heal my inner child because it was so wounded and i had to do a lot of that to get to the place that i am today emotionally and i feel like now it's a little i'm i feel a little more settled and the choices that i make when it comes to friendships or romance or whatever there's so much they come from a more informed more healed place so what is it that you would look for in a man today like what are the qualities that are absolutely yes and what are absolutely no 
I would definitely want my man to be more I would want him to be there for me. I would want him to like j- just be like a very caring person, a very loving person, very somebody who's very in touch with their emotions because visibly. 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 So yeah. Because I don't have that. I didn't see that growing up and I really needed that. And I'm a very emotional person. So I need somebody like that. But at the same time I'm also very scared of somebody like that in my life because since I haven't seen that growing up uh my new my normal was the distant distant the cold ones that adrenaline rush that I used to get from yeah so that's normal for me so whenever anybody loving and caring and giving has come into my life I've just pushed them away because that was too much for me that was overwhelming and i don't know how to deal with that but i i feel like i worked a lot on that so now i'm ready to accept that love mm. and that care i want somebody to be very much in touch with their emotions and and i also want them to i want somebody who stands up for me like i know yeah. i'm confident enough now to stand up for myself but i still have those moments where i feel like i feel very weak and i need somebody i i don't need anybody but i would like to have somebody stand up for me to be there for me because i don't have that and in what ways as a model of womanhood are you different from your mom as a result i think i don't trust a lot of people very easily and I I remember always getting mad at my mom and I still do I get very mad at my mother when she just conforms very easily and she just wants oh for the peace of the family for the peace of everything I'm just going to s- shut down or I won't b- speak up or I won't do this that I feel like I'm the complete opposite if and since I was a kid I've been like that if I feel there's something wrong I'll speak up about it and it's not taken too well even in my own family so i know on the outside world it's even worse but yeah so i feel like in that way i'm completely different but one thing i definitely have to say my mother's a very strong woman the things that she's seen the things that she's been through i don't think i'm strong enough i don't think i'm confident enough and i don't think i believe in myself that much but i feel like i'm building up to all of that and it's a work in progress and in a lot of ways i still look up to her because despite my personal relation with her i think as a woman she is very headstrong and she's definitely somebody to look up to that's that's lovely to hear yeah so i mean today you are in a space where you are closer to your dad right i mean yes. in a sense you've lived with him you've grown up um for a few years of your adult life and you have accepted the fact that he's moved on and he's in a stable relationship in fact you have a great relationship with um, you know his partner so um does that sort of their relationship does that give you a model of what ideally um you know a man woman relationship should be not really because <laughs> okay. their relationship isn't perfect either i feel like both my parents haven't healed enough i feel like they've just moved on they've just pushed everything under the rug and tried to move on and my dad more than my mom but i don't think they're completely healed individuals so i wouldn't say that i look up to i don't think i look up to anybody's relationship in our family I have I've created my own sort of ideals and I just look up to that and I want to follow that and I know what not to do seeing okay. my family the time that you know your mom was still around at Kundu, uh, at your grandmoms and uh, you know there was that 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 um tension there's that sort of tension I feel that you sort of suppressed 
a lot of your personality in order to just ha ha okay my yeah, mom yeah, isn't yeah. keeping the peace so let mm. me Uh, yeah, so yeah I definitely uh, was always trying to be the peacemaker in the house and I I couldn't really grow into myself uh, I was always it was always so the environment at home was always so volatile that I when I used to come back home from school first of all that was not a safe space for me I used to always just resent the idea of going back home every day is not that school was any better for me but still it was so much better than everything that would happen at home and i feel like we used to have fights almost every day and most of my energy which a lot of other kids my age were putting into certain doing certain classes or learning certain skills or just things like that hobbies, I, and, hobbies stuff. and stuff i all of my energy was going into maintaining the peace at home or just because i'd get angry very easily i'd lash out so i'd be having fights on a daily basis so i didn't really get to grow or learn anything everything that i have learned has been like i've learned that myself and only after a certain age so i feel like the things that i had to go through really didn't give me any space to grow so so in a sense do you feel um resentful about you know how you had to combat so many additional things that you know other kids from normal families haven't had to and also in a strange way that has made you much more resilient right so i mean i always felt that that i was resentful and yet i'm far more resilient than anyone i know today definitely even as a child i remember uh, one of my neighbors she came over one day and uh, her parents were constantly checking up on her like oh have you eaten have you reached oh, when are you coming back i'll send a driver for you and i just remember seeing them and being like Oh, what's wrong with you what is wrong with you like it's yeah. not that big of a deal and yeah. we was just 10 so it made sense for yeah. her parents to be yes. so concerned about it but because i wasn't used to that i it felt like like this is what? way too much like yeah. why is it happening why? also in certain ways it made me feel less scared for and less yeah. loved so it did feel odd definitely so i remember that when you were growing up your grandmother used to take you all on holiday to mm. you know the family home and all of that so was that something you looked forward to or is that something at some level you felt you were being cast away and taken out of the scene so that you know your parents could have their own life in whatever way no i think the only reason uh, we went along with our grandmother anywhere we made most of our trips with her and the only reason we went with her is because she was old she needed like people to go with her and i hated going anywhere with her whether it was abroad or to some other city or to somebody's house because every time we went out with her my sister would just be in in the background playing doing whatever i would be sitting with her and her friends or other relatives and just getting insulted left right and center uh, they would talk about me in front of me they would talk about your parents talk about my parents in front of me they would uh, say very mean things just downright extremely like insulting things they talk about my weight they talk about my mother and what a bad woman she is and all of that and how we have nobody and my grandmother has done the biggest thing, thing. in her life yeah. to take care of her grandchildren at this age and always making us feel like we're a burden, burden. or we needed like or we asked for this like we didn't ask for this you shouldn't have planned for babies if you guys weren't ready for it 
we in hospital and now that we're here it is your duty and it is your responsibility to take care of us and you have to look after us and you can't wish uh, us away wi- yeah wish us away and you can't even make us feel like obligated or anything because this is your duty this is what you're supposed to do and you took it up Absolutely. and you can't make us feel because that way your your confidence is now already so low and now you feel like you're a burden on everybody and that is also that's reflected a lot on my personal relationships with friends and uh romantic partnerships also where i just feel like i don't want to talk too much i don't want to say too much i'll feel like a burden or i don't want to burden you with my uh, baggage baggage even though it's completely normal and it's completely okay so f- until a date i just feel like i always keep everything to myself because i never had anybody growing up who i could went to and i always thought that there's really no point in doing it because they'll give yeah. me some advice i'll go back to being the same the next day i'm the one who has to deal with everything so i'd rather not make a huge mess out of it otherwise i am the one who will have to deal with the consequences i wouldn't tell my mother a lot of things because she'd try to stand up for her kids and then we'd get yeah the we get shit for it yeah yeah and it made the next couple of days bad for us so i just ke- start keeping everything to myself and i feel like because of that i started just i started like thinking about things in my own head and i used to sort of fig try to figure things out in my head and talk it out with myself and i think that is also a big reason that I'm studying psychology today like this is what I want to do I feel like I can really read people well and I can dissect emotions and reasons and things like that because I did that for myself my entire life yeah yeah so does this make you want to have children how I does that yeah I definitely want to have children because I want to give them everything that I did not have that's yeah. the biggest reason I want because I I know s- so much now I've, uh, i've i don't want anybody to go through what i went through and i feel like the person that i am today is the person that i would have liked to have growing mm. up yeah to have around growing up to talk to anything like i just love making pe- people feel comfortable because i know a lot of people are very shy and they don't they don't necessarily want to speak out and i just want everybody to just feel included because i never felt included my teachers would also shame me a lot they used to be and nobody understood what was going on at home so and i couldn't really explain anything to them they just thought that when i tell anybody that i come from a divorced family all they think they probably just think okay it's just like a whatever divorce parents are separated she's living with her father and whatever comes along with it but there are just a lot of other things that have gone on and yeah. which really changed me and which altered my brain chemistry absolutely absolutely but you think of marriage definitely marriage and children right not just children without the marriage no no yeah marriage and children yeah but but i guess it'll make you look very carefully for what you want in your partner yes all of this has really definitely helped yeah. me with that and also it's sort of also a way to show to my parents yeah that this is how you raise kids i mean yeah. i love them and yes. i have forgiven everybody for everything because they did the best they could with whatever knowledge they had whatever they knew and it took me a while to get over that and i remember my relatives telling me to be the mature one at a yeah. s- i was 6 years old how do you expect a 6 year old to act mature and to not not cry or let their emotions out if they're going through something i remember my relatives telling me to not speak up against my grandmother if she was wrong or she said stuff that made me cry yeah. or made me because she's older you have to respect her 
you yeah. you know you can't uh, make her feel sad because she's at this age she's taking care of you all of that i was told yeah as a child yeah and that's not something that uh, it should not be the child's responsibility to do all of that to regulate anybody's emotions but their own i mean you can't even regulate your own emotions right so i would so i want to show everybody that this is how you raise your children and of course it's not an easy thing raising kids yeah. is not easy and there's a lot of things that can go wrong yeah but i would do my best and i would just I think Shreya you've grown up into a lovely wonderful young woman and I'm very proud of you and um, we've covered so much we've talked about you know your evolution your childhood you know into early womanhood and beyond your role with your sister you know how you have shaped your thoughts your ideas your coping strategies and uh, what a clear uh, plan you have in terms of you know the way forward in your romantic partnerships and as your journey hopefully as a parent which we shall get to see we never know so Let's yeah <laughs> so i look forward to that and thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to speak to you thank you really for having me thanks thanks